things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. We are talking about the book of Ephesians. Chadi, why does that matter? Because the church of Ephesus was off the chain. Kind of like us. <laughs> Little history lesson. The church of Ephesus, it actually housed one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The temple of Diana. Not Wonder Woman, but I thought that. Anyways, temple of Diana. And this god, apparently this like fertility god, irony that we're doing baby dedications today, this God was actually meant to protect you and give you power. So when the Apostle Paul is writing the letter in prison, he's in prison writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, he's talking to people, he is trying to explain to people who the real power comes from. So you have to understand, when Pastor Esteban last week was talking about what it looks like to be seated in power, how we're supposed to put God in a place of power, he was telling you this because back in the day, Paul was in prison, and he was telling the church of Ephesus, who was running around doing crazy things, unlike the church of Corinth that was doing really sketchy things. I can't even go into that. Please, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to, I don't have to preach about the church of Corinth, because I just don't have the ns, ns, ns to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? That's what they were doing. Anyways, you guys that laughed at that and knew about that, that's a different problem for a different day. Church of Ephesus. He is sitting here telling these people that God needs to be seated in power. And see, this sit, walk, stand whole series that we're going to be talking about, the book of Ephesians, we're talking about what it looks like for God to be seated in power, what it looks like for us to be seated in grace, that way that we can actually walk out the light and everything that God has for us out in the world. So today's really significant because last week we talked about what it looked like to have God seated in the power of your life. And this week we're going to talk about what does it look like to be seated in grace. Grace. So let's pray. Father God, I love you. There's none like you. Lord, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that Paul wrote this. Lord, he wasn't writing to us, Lord, but he definitely was writing it for us, Lord God, and that today, so long after he wrote this, Father God, that we can take this into our lives and make it palatable and tangible so that we can be the light and the darkness in our lives and in this world. And in Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. All right, Paul is writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, and I want you to understand that this whole tension that they're feeling the whole time is because they really do believe that this chick has the power of their lives. He, they're, they're legitimately living out a culture where they don't even understand who really has the power. 
one time, what happened was, Esteban and I were dating, okay? And he was like a blue belt in jujitsu, okay? One time. And so he was like, hey, do you want to go boxing? And I was like, yeah, I want to go boxing. I got kicked out of high school in 10th grade. I can box. Let's go. And so it was like, it was like really cute. We're on a date. It was awesome. And he's like, all right, so we're not going to be hitting each other in the face. We're just going to do a little sparring. And I was like, I got you. I got you. I've been watching a lot of MMA. Also, I was really skinny at the time. And so what had happened was we're boxing. It's really cute. It's like we're on a date. It's fun. There's a lot of shimmying happening. And so apparently, I don't know why I just did that, but that wasn't happening. And so what had happened was he wasn't paying attention, and I kicked him in the face and knocked him unconscious. He did not know where the power was. He did not know the power within. (laughs) And sometimes I think we do that in our lives. We're sparring with things that we shouldn't be sparring with and we're giving power to things that shouldn't have power in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for making that story actually matter in my life. And so we find Paul. I'm gonna start in chapter two and we're gonna talk through what does it look like to be seated in grace? What happens when God really does have the power and he's seated in power? You know, grace is described, uh, the, what is the Google definition? The uh, definition says that it is the unmerited favor of God toward men. Did I do that right? Yeah, look at that. I'm awesome. I did that by memory. The unmerited favor of God towards men. What does that mean, Chadi? That means that you can't, you can't, like, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can't actually strive for it. It's what God does because he's a gangster and he's awesome and he's just that good that he loves you just that much that he puts this favor over your life that you can't even earn. It's funny how we as Christians think we can actually earn that, but we can't. We just got to sit in it and let God do the work. I'm going to explain this more. Uh, The Chadi definition of grace is a little different. Um, I look at it as it is kind of like a greenhouse. Ooh, yay, look. Grace is a greenhouse the Lord uses to grow the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. When God is seated in power in your life and you are seated seated in grace, it feels a little bit like a greenhouse. A greenhouse that is cultivating good things in your life. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read the first 10 verses of Ephesians. We're going to read through it together, and then I'm going to give you what I felt like the Lord showed me about what does it look like to be seated in grace? What does it look like to have God completely in power over our lives, and then all we got to do is just chill, seated in grace. This is what it looks like. As for you, don't you remember how you used to just exist? Corpses, dead in life, Buried by transgressions, wandering the course of this perverse world, you were the offspring of the prince and the power of the air. Oh, how he owned you, just as he still controls these living disobediences. I'm talking about the outsiders. I'm not talking about outsiders alone. We are all guilty of falling headlong for the persuasive passions of the world. We all have had our fill of indulging the flesh and mind, obeying impulses to follow perverse thoughts motivated by dark powers, and as a result, our natural inclination led us to be children of wrath. You guys, you remember when we were doing sketchy stuff? Thank God for God. You ever done that? You ever been in one of those situations where God has pulled you out of a situation and you just got to remind yourself, I've come a long way. You ever taken a look back to where you were and to where you are now and just went, Thank you, Lord. I do that a lot. 
I do that a lot. Context is a major thing for me. And so I tend not to move forward unless I look back because I like to learn from what I've been through so that I can move forward with confidence. I have a lot of things I want to say about this, but what I realize in the looking back, when I go back and I look at everything that God has done for me, I realize that when I finally put him in a seat of power, and I finally sat in that space of grace, that greenhouse, where the soil of my life was being watered by his presence, where the fertilizer of my life was not social media and people and the career and success and everything that was fertilizing my life was the word of God and the presence of God. I realized that when I'm seated in grace, I find protection. You ever felt like that? Like God saved you from something that maybe you shouldn't have been in? You ever did that where you're walking out your life and all of a sudden you're like, man, God really saved me from that relationship. Man, God really, he's, I, God, man, that door closed on that job, but thank God because that, that business ended up closing. You ever watch God just move things out of the way and in, in response, you go, man, God really protected me from that. I do, I live, I live in that. I live in that because when you're seated in grace, when you're seated in that unmerited favor, that thing that you cannot do, anything you can't strive after it, when you're actually just seated in that place, what happens is you find a protection. The way that I see it in my head is like an oak tree. An oak tree that is literal shade over your life. And you can be crazy pants and like here in Tampa where the humidity is just disrespectful, as Mama Linda says. And you can go out from under that shade. But your girl here, I feel like I'm allergic to the sun. I'm good. And I feel like that in life too. I do not want any part of the earthly sun that is going to give me a third degree burn on this not very nice Latin skin. What I want is to be under the shade of favor, under the shade of my Savior. And see, what happens is when I'm under the shade and I understand that I'm seated in grace and I'm receiving the protection of the Lord, you know what's built up in me? Peace, love, joy. Fruit to the Spirit. Isn't it funny that when you're protected, you just function from a place of peace? You know? My brother um, was always a lot stronger, bigger than me. We're like uh, Irish twins. So we're like really close in age, and we look like twins. And so I never, never was scared of certain situations because my brother was always there. And my sister, she's scrappier than all of us. So if he's not there, she's definitely there, and she's crazy. She's always ready and down for a fight. And so like... When I was with them, when I was rolling with them, when we were kids, it was like, you know, like Charlie's Angels, but not. You know what I mean? Like, it was awesome. It was like I was never worried. I always knew I had somebody who had my back. And when you're walking out your life with the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, seated in a place of power, and you are seated in a place of grace, there is a level of protection that gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. There is something that happens within you that then you're functioning from a place of joy. I'm not talking about happiness because happiness can go. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Oh, that was so good. I'm going to repeat it. Give me a second. I don't got that cardio for that. Okay. Whew. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You ever caught yourself going, I don't feel happy. Yes, because you don't have any joy. 
Happy is I went to see a movie that I like, Top Gun, and it was like so good. It was so good. Best movie ever. But that, that was gone. That feeling went. But joy is I get up every morning before my feet hit the ground. I know I'm protected. I know I'm seated in grace. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm also filled with a love that then all of a sudden starts working itself out in my life. And so we find Paul in Ephesus reminding people, look at where you came from. Aren't you glad that you're protected? Because you're seated in grace. It's not a place of striving. It's just like chill with your feet up. It's so funny to me how we don't do that. And so then we find in the second part, I'm going to start with four. But God, with the unfathomable richness of his love and mercy, focused on us. Lord, thank you for focusing on us. He united us with the anointed one and infused our lifeless souls with life. He talked about that last week. What does it look like to have God seated in power where he begins to infiltrate your life and the gaps and pieces with his power? Even though we were buried under a mountain of sin, he saved us by his grace. Not by our grace, not by our goodness, not by our anointing, not by our works, but by his grace. He raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly realms with our beloved Jesus the anointed, the liberating king. He did this for a reason so that all eternity we will stand as a living testimony. He did this so that we could stand as a living testimony. Oh my God, what would that look like if we actually walked out our lives standing like a living testimony? What would that look like to the people that we encounter if we actually stood like we were a living testimony? Okay, I'm the only one hyped up on Mountain Dew about this. Anyways, to, uh, stand to the incredible riches of his grace and kindness that he freely gives to us by uniting us with Jesus' anointed. Chadi, how do you stand as a living testimony? You do it. You stay seated. Stay seated and take an active, take an active, active role in rest. Because when you're seated in grace, what happens? You experience rest. When you are seated in grace, you find rest rest it doesn't mean that you're not busy it doesn't mean that life is easy it means it's purposeful it doesn't mean life is easy it doesn't mean that it's less busy it just means that life now is purposeful anybody ever wondered what your purpose was you're not seated in grace how would you know you ever wondered why you don't feel the favor of God and the shade of God and you're wondering why things aren't working out? Forget about being seated in restful, you know, grace. You're over here, you haven't even given God the seating, the power, the, he's not even seated in power in your life. Uh, you're, you're still over here. Chadi, but I want that favor. I want to feel the protection. I want to be in a place of rest. Well, then you first need to allow God to sit in a place of power. And when God sits in a place of power, then you can sit in a place of rest. And the second thing that we find when we're seated in grace and we're experiencing his rest, oh my gosh, fruits of the Spirit. Here we go. Compassion, kindness, and self-control. You ever been around somebody that's tired? Have you ever been around me when I'm tired? Ask my husband. It's not fun. It's not fun. I go to sleep. At 10 o'clock on the dot, I look at him and I go, you know what time it is. And I go to bed at 10 o'clock because your girl, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock for this one because I got to be up at 6. I 
don't want to drink seven cups of coffee a day. I want my good four cups of coffee a day. That's my good right amount. <laughs> you know that TikTok? I don't know if you guys know this on the TikTok. There's a thing. And it has like voiceovers. Anyways, there's one that's like, if you are drinking coffee as a meal, stop it. I'm that person. I'm the one that drinks coffee as meals. Anyways, what I have found walking out this season of rest, what I have found walking out this season where I am actively seated in a place of grace, what I have found in this season is that, guys, I have the brain power to be empathetic and compassionate to people. I have self-control over what I'm eating and what I'm saying and what I'm ingesting and what I'm watching. There is a level of peace that surpasses all understanding that I have found in that protection that now now that I'm over here in that rest portion, yo, it's so fun. You guys are sitting there like, good for you, lady. You're a pastor. <laughs> so are you. Pastor is not a title with a position. A pastor is loving people and shepherding people in your life. I just have a title, but we're all meant to be pastors. And just so happens that we're pastoring a location. You're pastoring yourself. Um, somebody... Uh, recently said to me, oh, I want, I want to do what you do. I mean, literally, I just had this conversation three days ago. This guy was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to be doing sermons. You should let me come to your church and do a sermon. I said, I would happily do that if you were actually living out that sermon in your everyday life. He was like, I don't, that's not a thing. I was like, it is, it is a thing. It is, it is a thing. That's like where my husband starts to see me getting rowdy and he's like, you need to come here. Because I'm like, no, he said, and this is what the Lord said. When I start doing this and there's a lot of this and you can see it from far away, come get me. And then, because we're going to go have Taco Bell right after. I've hit rock bottom. I'm telling you, come get me. Keisha, if I start talking like this, come get me. I'm telling you, accountability. And so I did. I started with the snapping and the bro. Let me tell you, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Guys, we're meant to be seated in grace in such a way that not only is God protecting our lives, but we are God now a shade and a protection for others. We're supposed to be seated in grace in an after spots of rest that what's happening is what we're producing is love, joy, peace, compassion. That's what our life should look like. This is not it. Sunday, me standing on a platform. That is not what my life is all about. Me loving the people that live in my apartment complex. Me loving my husband and being a good wife when nobody can see me. That's what being a pastor is. Me being able to read my Bible every single day. Seeking God in prayer every single day. That's what it means to live a life that is chasing Jesus with all I am. It is not Sunday. <sighs> but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> but what I don't want is for us to be a community that only lives on Sunday. Can you imagine only eating once a week? I would be angry. <sighs> you don't want to see me hangry. My husband, he was like, I'm going with Kazim to get breakfast. Kazim, I blame you partially for this. And so he was like, me and Kazim are going to go have bro breakfast. I said, okay, this is what I would like because I have had food poisoning for a couple days. Don't get crazy. This is what I want. I just want one biscuit with the mushroom gravy. Don't get anything spicy. Don't be crazy. Go get me just one. Homeboy brought me the spicy chicken with goat cheese. And I was just like, what are you doing? What are you, who told you? What, what are you doing? Because now I can't eat. Now I have to starve myself in absolute just like madness for the rest of the day. Then six o'clock rolls around and he's like, why are you so angry? I'll tell you why I'm angry. <laughs> Because I've been starving.
living. I'm on 47 cups of coffee, and you decided to get me spicy chicken. You know what? You can eat that. You can eat that. I'm not going to eat that. We do that to the Lord. You want to know why we do that to the Lord? Because we're not seated in rest or grace or anything. We're seated in nonsense and striving, and the Lord comes to us, and he gives us exactly what we need. And what we do is we get frustrated at what he's given us because it's not what we ask for. although I did ask for that. <laughs> and so rest, what we find in rest is compassion and kindness and self-control. Stay seated, take an active seat and rest. And so, eight and nine, for it is by God's grace that you have been saved. Not by your grace, not by my grace, <laughs> not by your anointing, not by my anointing, but by his goodness and his grace. You receive it through faith, you receive it through faith. Chadi, I don't really feel like I'm experiencing the life of which you're talking about. Well, it's because you probably don't have the faith that you think you do. <sighs> Man, faith is hard. Being a Christian is not easy. Honest moment. <laughs> it's hard. Sometimes I just want to say what I really want to say with the words I want to say to the people that cut me off here in South Florida. Guys, there's this thing. It's called a blinker. Use it. Not you, just the people where I live. Man, I just like, sometimes people are just mean on social media. And I just want to, I just really want to really go on there and be like, this isn't a real place. I'm 41. I've reached that point in my life where I just want to say what I want to say. You know what I'm saying? And what we find Jesus in this situation going, yo, I need you to have faith, not something to say. I need you to be silent and listen, not have something to say. Some of you are wondering why you're not functioning from a place of grace. It's because you've got, you got a lot to say, but you don't have a lot of faith. I only say this because I have lived like this, and it is a sad place to live. It was not our plan or our effect. It is God's gift, pure and simple. You didn't earn it. Not one of us did. So don't go around bragging that you must have done something amazing. You did not. I added that. That's not the memory. For we are the product of his hand. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. <laughs> Heaven's poetry etched on lives. <laughs> oh my God, what? We are heaven's poetry etched on lives. Mm -mm. We are heaven's Poetry etched on lives. Lord, does that mean my tattoos are okay? Chadi, that has nothing to do with this. Okay. What would that look like to be heaven in your world? What would that look like for a people to encounter you and experience heaven? Peace that surpasses all understanding. No tears. Peace. Wholeness. Huh. What would that look like? Friggin' amazing. This is where my mom would have said, I know what you meant by that. Please don't say friggin' from the stage. Okay. For we are the product of his hand, heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. Let me be clear. It's good works, not great. Good is the fruit of the Spirit. Not great. Some of y'all out here trying to be great. Good luck. You only can be good 
when God, the most high God, the one who said, let there be light, and then it just went, and it hasn't stopped. That guy, when he was done, he didn't say, look at the greatness. What did he say? It is good. Oh, if we could just be good. Also, it's not, it didn't say good enough. Good enough is the death of greatness. He said good. He said good. Good is the goal, not great. Good is the fruit of the Spirit, not great. And what happens is, when we are seated in grace, you accomplish good works. Life doesn't get hard. It gets good. When you're seated in grace and you're taking and you, you, you sense his protection, you know that you're walking out your life the way that it should, you know that you're living out in a way that is restful, you have boundaries, it's not awkward turtle. What you do is you find that your life, you're living out some good stuff, good works. And then the things you start doing feel easy. It's like a light jacket in the winter. Okay, winter is a season that we don't have here. Maybe you haven't experienced it. It's like fun. It's like it's not raining. It's like, whoo, it's not sweating everywhere. Winter, Google it. It's awesome. Okay, so what happened was, that's what it should feel like. And what it produces in our life is pain. Something that I, oh, there it is. What it, yeah, what it produces in our life is patience, goodness, and gentleness. You ever been around a person that's patient and a person that's impatient? Spend 20 minutes with me and my husband. Larissa, she can tell you because she has spent a lot of time with us. She's in the back right now working the computer. But I'm the one who's a little bit impatient. And my husband is just like, I'm just happy to be here. Everything's just really good. This is a dude that's always seated in rest and seated in good. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of annoying. But it's true. The Lord has given me a living object lesson. It's my favorite thing in the world. And um, I find myself, when I'm starting to feel impatient, to remind myself it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. And that I have a tendency to strive for greatness. It's got to be perfect. But God doesn't want you to be perfect. He wants you to be present. And the only way you can truly be present is if you're seated in a place of rest by being seated in grace. If you wonder why you're not present and you're all over the place and people are calling you and you're on your phone and you're on your Instagram, you can't watch a movie without checking your Instagram 47 times or you're in the mirror just, you know, TikToking it or whatever it is you kids do. Like, I don't, like, it's because you're not really striving uh, to live from a place of rest. What you're doing is you're working towards everything else. And that's not good. That's not a good way to live. I wrote this down that grace is an incubator. It's an incubator for the fruit of the Spirit. And if you don't feel like you are walking out a place of grace, seated in grace. My first question to you today, is God seated in power? You know, next week we're gonna talk about um, love and what does it look like to live out love? And then we're gonna talk about what does it look like to live out light? So Pastor Stephen, a couple weeks ago, he defined the light. Now we're gonna really dissect what it looks like to live it out. And then what does it look like to actually stand in that way in your life through the people that you encounter? But step one is he even seated in power in your life. Chadi, is this where you do an altar call? Stop. No, it's just a question. It's just a question. I'm not the Holy Spirit. Only you guys know. 
Only you know if you're truly allowing God to be seated in power. What does that look like? That means that he is your first conversation in the morning. You don't make decisions unless you have that chat. Chatty, that feels really intense. Is it? Because it's a covenant relationship. It's a covenant relationship. So like I have a covenant relationship with my husband. And we are intertwined in every way. And by that I mean money, uh, conversations about uh, uh, jobs, every single decision, major life decision I make, I run it through my husband and vice versa. Because we are not doing this thing apart, we're doing this thing as a team. We call ourselves Team Orozco. We're a team, team. When things get, look, this week got hard. There were some things. We had some serious closed doors and we had to really kind of go to God with some stuff and it was like Team Orozco. Whatever happens, Team Orozco, God is still God and God is still good. Because we're in covenant. But I do that with God. Like, Lord, I'm Team Jesus. What are we doing today? What do I gotta do today, Lord? What is my strategy for today? What is the word you want me to be reading today? God, who do I need to talk to today? Sometimes that means going downstairs and harassing my friend Crystal. Sometimes that means staying in my office and working on stuff with the people that I'm working with in New York. It doesn't matter. Like, I get up in the morning and I say, God, what do you want me to do today? Because we're a team, and I'm team Jesus, and some of you are team you. And you're just like, you're looking over there at all those people seated in grace, and you're like, those are religious people. Look at all those religious people. We're not religious, we're sacrificed. We're not religious, we're surrendered. Because God is seated in power, which allows us the protection and the rest and the goodness that is of God. And that's who we are in the city, that's who we are with each other. And that's why we're doing the things that we're doing. That's why we're doing the outreaches we're doing. That's why we're doing the groups that we're doing. Because what we're building are the fruits of the Spirit. Goodness, kindness, joy, love, peace, self-control, compassion. That's the people we are meant to be. That's the people I believe we are called to be. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit if you are not attached to the Creator. So I guess that would be my first question. Is God seated in power over your life? And are you actually seated in grace? Are you seated in grace? It should feel like one of those lazy boys that just go, and your feet go up, and you're just like, yes, Lord. I love those chairs. My grandfather used to have a chair like that, but it was 80s, so it would like, and it would like kick you back. That's not what grace feels like. It's a gradual protection feels awesome, like lumbar support. It should feel easy. It should feel easy, but life doesn't become more easy. It becomes purposeful. Amen? Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged. Encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.